0: Hello, and welcome to the R2DP Road to Discovery podcast, ending the stigma of weight loss surgery with Steph, a.k.a. Bariatric Warrior. Bex, a.k.a. Becoming Bex.
1: Nicole, a.k.a. Spooky BSG Barbie. And Cass, yes, a.k.a. Queen Sparkle
0: Steve. We are here to talk about everything weight loss surgery related, the good, the bad, and the ugly to end the stigma. So come join us on this road to discovery. Hello, hello. Welcome to the R2DP podcast. We are back again with a very special guest here. Such an honor to have Lauren on to hear her story with her complications, her having a baby who's so cute post-op as well as you know mental health and her career and uh, so we're so excited to have you Lauren. Please introduce yourself.
2: Thank you for having me. So I'm Lauren. I had BSD June 17th 2020 um i live in vegas with my partner julian we've been together about six years we have um a two and a half month old named julian jr aka jj um i am a mental health therapist i've been in the field for quite some years now um i'm a very big advocate of mental health and self-care um my instagram i started my instagram right before i had surgery i didn't expect for me to actually be so open about everything that's happened to me um had a lot of surgery complications um had complications during my pregnancy um mental health aspect has been really the hardest part of my journey if i'm being honest um it's been really hard so i'm a huge advocate i always talk about my mental health on my instagram i'm very vocal um, I used to do mental health lives like a while ago, where I would bring somebody on and we talk about their pre and post-op mental health experience. I haven't done that in a while. I wish I had the time to still do it. But... It's been like
0: 17 months. It's okay. You had a baby. <laughs> you had shit while. going on.
2: <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, um, that's
0: me in a nutshell. Okay, what's your Instagram handle? What was your heaviest weight? What was your starting weight the day of surgery? this is a lot of questions, sorry. Yeah, how, long, how long from you know, the start of going to the doctor to your surgery date, and where are you now?
2: Yes, let me see. If, okay, the first question was what? <laughs> 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 my Instagram handle, okay. Um, LaurenSleeve0617 is my Instagram handle. My highest weight is 284. Um, date of surgery, it was 276.6. My lowest weight before I had the baby was one twenty. I am now one fifty seven I did um- well i gained like i was at like one sixty seven one sixty eight my final trimester and uh I lost like twenty five pounds and then I gained some back so now I'm at like one fifty seven ish which is fine um How tall are you I'm five two okay. very short. <laughs> But um, I'm real, I'm, I've am I'm gone really into working out and running and stuff, so I feel like a lot of maybe my weight gain is muscle, mm-hmm. I don't. But um, I would like to lose a little bit more, but I'm not really focusing on the scale right now. Um, so with my insurance, I have PPO, so I didn't have to do like the full, like a lot of people have to do like three or six months, you know, like go see a therapist for six months, all that stuff. Um, so when I was going through the process, COVID hit. So there was a delay... I think I started the process January 2020, and I had surgery in June. Okay. I was supposed to have it in March, but then COVID happened. I was supposed to have surgery actually, like, right before COVID hit, right before Vegas shut down. And so it was delayed for about three months. Um, so when I was in the hospital, um, Julian could be there with me up until I went back, and up until visiting hours were over to like, 8 p.m., um, So he could be there with me, like that was my first surgery I'll get into, how many surgeries I've had. But my first surgery, um, they actually let him stay for a while, which was interesting because COVID had only been around for a few months. And it got more restrictive when I had my other surgeries later on.
0: Definitely understand that with all of mine going (laughs) into COVID. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have, I wasn't allowed anyone in the room with me but one time in the entire 16 months. Now, now they're more so real, like relaxed. But then when you go through those waves of COVID picking up again, then they're like, Nope. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It always changes. Yeah.
0: (sighs) Anyways. And so your insurance completely paid for your surgery rate or did you have Um, uh, some extra? I have like a $1,500
2: copay. So yeah, they pay. Yeah. But yeah, they paid for a huge bulk of it. So I just, uh, I paid that up front, which I don't, Uh, I didn't have any issues, but I've heard like you shouldn't pay it up front because you never know what's going to happen. But yeah, I had pretty good insurance because I worked at Expedia. This was like back back then when I was still in customer service. So I had pretty good insurance. Um, Nowadays, I don't think I could find anybody in Nevada that would probably cover bariatric surgery. I hear that was like very rare for a company out here to cover it.
0: Did you go to Blossom? What's up? Did you go to Blossom? i did not go awesome okay.
2: um so i try i like reached out to them and they said oh well you we don't use we wouldn't use your insurance you have to pay out of pocket and i think a lot of people that are out of the state go through blossom because they have that flat rate you know hotel everything given i lived out here it just didn't make sense for me to go yeah. through Balsam. yeah so um i went through um his name is Dr. Suda. Um, he actually is was like the main one out here that uh was like helped create the Da Vinci device, uh, oh. the robotics. Yeah, so he's like pretty well known out here. He has a small practice. Um so I went through him and he did every single one. I had three surgeries. Um he did all three of them. Um so knows me very well. Um I'll get into my complications in a bit, but yeah, um, yeah, so I went through him. Um yeah, but, like, I know, like, out here, um, which the Sunday brunch at Las Vegas Bariatrics, that's, like, the main facility that a lot of people go through besides Blossom. I think his facility is, like, not as well-known. I don't okay. even know the name of it. But, yeah, with my insurance, I had Primera Blue Cross, and I could only go to a center of excellence, which means there was only, like, three surgeons on that list. And I remember Las Vegas Bariatrics, they, like, didn't call me back because it was COVID, and they were so slammed. Mm. And. Um, I wanted to go through them, but it just didn't work out.
0: Yeah. Ugh. And then what else was there? I'm like, <laughs> so many questions.
1: <laughs> uh, I, um, I'm um, i curious as to how you're feeling um, after having the baby. And did that kind of mess with you in a way? Because you said you had some uh, weight fluctuations.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when I was pregnant, it was really hard to see the scale go up. Um, I feel like I lost too much weight, so I was trying to heavily gain weight before I even got pregnant, and I tried everything, and nothing worked. I got pregnant. She even boom. ate
0: donuts and shit, and just would not stay on.
2: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I was eating like donuts every day. I was just eating just crap. And, wow. Yeah, and I could not gain weight. Um, I got pregnant. By the end, I had gained forty three pounds. So my first trimester, I lost ten pounds. So I got down to one ten, which is really really terrifying mm-hmm. because yeah, at one twenty was like enough for me because I was in an extra small size four jeans. Like I was really thin, and like right. Julian, he loved me mo- no matter what. But he's like, baby, you are way too thin. Like he's been wanting me to gain weight. Tried everything to gain weight um I added I can't do wave protein it doesn't sit well with me so I was doing I got like a huge tub of like the plant-based protein and I was just adding like ice cream and hot fudge and all just like these <laughs> shakes for like 2,000 plus calories Still, wow. fucking gain anyway yeah it was ridiculous um but yeah I will say it really fucked with me when I was pregnant and the scale kept going up and up and up and up and up and I'm like okay now i'm in a size extra large like now i'm in a size extra large pants i'm like it was really really hard and i was really scared that i was gonna get back up to 200 pounds and my ob was like every single appointment they weigh you every single fucking appointment i'm like please do not weigh me i know i've gained weight please do not weigh me and she just the first three months she was like ridiculing me for gaining too much weight i said look you're really triggering me stop commenting on my weight please because I've lost too much weight, I've been trying to gain weight, and now I'm gaining too much, and I really, you have no idea what I've been through. Please do not comment on my weight. Stop. So, oh, like, I just told her that, uh, she stopped. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you,
1: you, your body's meant to gain some weight. You're carrying yeah. a baby. Like, She's
2: like, well, I don't want all your hard work to go to waste. I'm like, girl, it, almost 300 pounds. I, I highly doubt I'm going to gain all that back in nine months. Like, okay but it was triggering but yeah. is in the
1: head right it's scary
2: yeah and it was uh yeah you know i would look in the mirror and i would just be like man i'm so fat i'm so big and then like i would recognize yeah i'm pregnant i'm carrying a child but it was really hard in the moment to like look at myself compared to before i got pregnant like I remember when I was pregnant I was going through like all my old clothes that were like a size small and size four and size six and like I donated it all because I'm like I don't think I'm ever going to be this small again so it was almost like I I accepted that I was this way because I actually maintained that way for over a year I accepted it I was comfortable with it, I was feeling good about myself and then all of a sudden I gain all this weight back and I have to go and like Like, I still need to go and buy clothes that fit me. Like, I still don't have a lot that fits me. it's too big or it's too small. So, like, it's like, it's almost like you're starting over again, in a way. But it was definitely hard when I was pregnant. I tried to just remind myself, like, oh, you're carrying a child. And right now in the community, there are a lot of women that are pregnant, and they're dealing with the same thing. So, I reach out to them when I see their stories, like... I've gained so much weight, this is really hard, I'm like, like, look, you know, just focus on the baby and nourishing the baby and taking care of yourself because your tool is going to work, the weight is going to come off again, it's not that it's not going to come off. So, like, I've seen the the same thing I was dealing with when I was pregnant, the same thoughts I was having, like, a lot of women in the community are dealing with the same thing, so I try to be like, give yourself some grace, I've been there, yeah, I'm not where I want to be weight-wise, but I'm not almost 300 pounds. You know, I'm the healthiest I've ever been in my life. Um, well, so you
1: look... I, thank truly. you. Thank yes. You. Um, I was also going to say, it sounds like it was actually a blessing, um, not only because the baby, but also it helped you to put on a little bit of that weight that yep. you were working
2: Yeah. Had it not been for being pregnant, I don't... I tried everything. I don't know. I even went to a dietitian. like, what can I do? And they like, gave me all these tips and nothing worked, so... I do think it is a blessing. And if I stay at this weight, I stay at this weight. Maybe that's where my body's comfortable. But yeah, I definitely think if had it not been for getting pregnant, I probably would still be 120. And just because I always tell people this, like your lowest weight doesn't mean it's your healthiest weight.
0: Mm Right. When you had surgery, did your surgeon tell you how long to wait before trying
2: Yes. So, he recommended um, 18 to 24 months. Um, we waited like two and a half years after because I had so many complications. So, I took my IUD out September, um, what's the year, 2023 right now? September <laughs> 2021. <laughs> and then It's
0: all a blur the last three years. <laughs>
2: Us, um it took us about six months before we got a positive. It did took, take a little bit of time. And I found myself getting obsessed with it. I found myself, like, getting obsessed. I'm like, why am I not pregnant yet? I, I'm, like, in my late 30s. I'm going to be 39 on Friday. So I'm, like, in my late 30s, I'm like, man, like, am I going to be able to get pregnant? What's going to happen? And so but the minute I stopped obsessing over it and we, you know, just did it, whatever, like, I got pregnant. I found out, like, in March of last year. After night out of drinking in downtown Vegas, by the way.
0: <laughs> that's all. That's how it's supposed to happen.
2: Next day, I got a positive pregnancy test. I was just drunk on Patron downtown, acting a fool till four in the morning. Next morning, positive pregnancy test, and I did test that night before we went out. I still laugh at that joint. I'm like, dude, I was so drunk the night before.
0: Baby just needed some liquid courage. Apparently
2: so. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it's uh you hear like oh if you don't have a baby by the time you're 30 you're never gonna get pregnant it's bullshit like I really hate the stigma that's put on women like and women who are approaching 40 oh you're never gonna have a baby like my dad straight up told me I never thought you're gonna have a baby because you're too old I'm like wow dad thanks wow mm-hmm. I mean there really isn't a. <laughs> it, like you yeah. I mean heard of people in their 50s having children yeah. I mean, Brad no- just announced she's pregnant at 48. I'm like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, wild. But yeah, I hate the stigma. Like, oh, you're running out of time. You're too old. I hate that. Yeah. And I was considered like, my pregnancy was considered Geri- high risk. Geriatric, because, high yeah, risk. Yeah, because I'm over 35. So I had to see a high risk doctor. Obviously, I'll get into my complications with my pregnancy. I'm glad I did, obviously. But I hated that term, like, when I first went in. Oh, we need to, you you have to do all your ultrasounds through the high-risk pregnancy center out here. You cannot, I can't do them. And I'm like, really? <laughs>
0: wow. Wow. Did yeah. they have you on any special, like, bed rest or anything because of this? Because you know how that's what they usually do. I'm um, doing air quotes around all of these things. Only
2: because I had complications. Only yeah. because I almost had them at 28 weeks. But before that, no. I didn't really have any restrictions. They just had me... Well, they wanted me to take baby aspirin, which, by the way, NSAIDs, my surgeon told me, no NSAIDs for the rest of your life, that's fucking bullshit, because I yeah. take them now, and I'm fine.
0: Only <laughs> with sleeve, though. If you have an R&Y, don't fucking do it.
2: Oh, okay. Okay, yes. got it. She, yeah. yeah, my surgeon's like, you can't take NSAIDs ever again, and I'm like, that sucks, because leave is the only thing that helps me if I get my period and I have bad cramps. Aleve is the only thing that knocks them out. Yeah, Tylenol does, brain, doesn't do shit. is the only thing that knocks it out yeah, I've been taking NSAIDs since I had the baby because they gave me Motrin in the hospital. And like, I've been fine. But yeah, I was terrified. I'm like, nope, I can't take NSAIDs ever again. And... Do you
1: know why they say that? I don't even know. So
0: most surgeons will say that because ibuprofen and ibuprofen type like NSAIDs, like Motrin and all of that are very caustic to the GI system and cause irritation. And so when you have a sleeve or a bypass but when you have a sleeve and your staple line is so sensitive and how you we swell in when we're healing they just don't want anything to mess that up so clearly like they're pro most of the time, like don't take them in the first three to six months. You know, listen mm-hmm. to your surgeon, obviously. We're not doctors, um, We're not but. Doctors. This is my, our personal experience. Our personal experience. Um, but with R and Y, because there's so many different connections, they're worried about developing ulcers okay. at the anastomosis, okay. which are the connections. got it. That's why you okay, cannot. Okay, back what I said about bullshit,
2: okay. Let's
0: <laughs> which is why you cannot have them. But you know, sleeve, yeah. it's okay. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> But also I did not have my first N said until I was in the hospital mm. um, with the complications from pregnancy. So I did not have it for geez, it's gonna be three years in June. So I didn't have it for over two years. So I You're safe. Yeah. So and I'm happy about that because I could take a leave again and I could take a again and Tylenol does shit for me. Tylenol yeah. does not help me at all. The so Tylenol I'm tablets, bang.
0: the Tylenol tablets don't do anything. But I like the powder because like I can rub right. it in my cheeks. so It gets in my bloodstream faster.
2: I love the powder. Yes, mm-hmm. I I really, That's what I would use. Like um, when I would, yeah. Cause oh my gosh, post op, I had the worst like cramps ever. I don't know why, but like when I had my IUD out for those six months, terrible. Like mm. do not recommend. <laughs> Like, it was awful. I would do the Tylenol packs, and those those would help me, I think, because they, they would resolve quickly. Regular tablets, I just, yeah, just can't do it. So I'm happy I can, like, do sets now. I don't do them all the time, though, but I'm glad I can do them on occasion and be okay because I always thought I had to say goodbye forever. Yeah.
0: How did your skin do getting pregnant?
2: So... You could not even tell I was pregnant until I was, like, five months, like, four, four and four and a half, five months. Like, I think when I did my gender reveal last, gosh, let me do reveal last July was when you could finally tell I was pregnant. I, was, I all of a sudden just popped, but, like, because of all my loose skin, you could not tell for the longest time. And then every week, my belly just grew, and you could totally tell, but, like, it took, like, five months before you could really see it. Wow. Yeah. What well, was it you like to have well,
0: boobs again? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's been amazing. Like, I literally, um I'm back at the size I was before I had surgery. I went to Victoria's Secret last weekend and I got measured. And they're like, first of all, the first girl's like, You're a 36 i I'm like, No, I am not. You take that back. They're like, oh, Okay. And so I got remeasured. They're like, No, you're. D. I'm like, yeah, that's what I was before surgery, so uh, it's been awesome. And Julian, of course, has been very happy about that. But, um, they're very uh, saggy, <laughs> like, they're very saggy, and they're very, like, I want to do a lift eventually. I'm in breastfeed, I'm breastfeeding half the time too. But, like, um, when I was pregnant, oh my gosh, they were gi- ginormous. I'm like, holy <laughs> freaking shit, nothing, nothing fits me anymore. Uh. <laughs> so, and before I got pregnant, you know, like, because I had been that, that 120 forever, like, I went and got Measure of Victoria's Secret, and I was, I got these really nice bras, and I got pregnant, it's like, nope, these are not going to work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this will so cover I like, my nipple now? <laughs> yeah. I, I hate, I honestly hate wearing bras in general. Obviously, I will, but, like, I hate wearing them, so if I had to go out somewhere when I was pregnant, I wore a sports bra. <laughs> yeah. Like, every single time.
0: Ah, <laughs> <sighs> Wow. so So, oh go ahead oh are you going to ask something about pregnancy because i was going to move on to something else but if you are go for it
1: well i was going to ask if the majority of complications came from uh the pregnancy or if you were experiencing other complications beforehand
2: it was before it was before um okay so okay i'm gonna try to make this quick because it can be kind of long so I had the surgery June 17, 2020, um, the first day I was fine, I was feeling good, anesthesia wore off, um, I started to get really nauseous all the time, um, I did like, you know, the liquids for a few days, for two weeks, then I did the soft foods, purees, I was pretty much on purees for three months after I had surgery, um, so, gosh, I'm trying trying to see where to start with this, so um day one i woke up from <laughs> surgery oh <laughs> um, i'm just like it was like so long ago and i feel like i was so traumatized by everything that i like blocked out a lot of what happened but um pretty much the symptoms that started i was really nauseous um extremely nauseous no matter what uh water made me nauseous i couldn't drink water could not tolerate whole protein shakes to this day i fucking hate protein shakes i cannot <laughs> take protein shakes Um, I hate them. Um, could not tolerate, like, water, protein shakes. Um, I was, uh, eventually, I was, like, super dizzy. Like, super dizzy. Um, I, if I had to shower, like, it was really hard. I would, like, almost faint. Like, it was really bad. I couldn't walk. Um, I was on the couch constantly. Like, I couldn't, like, do anything. Um, it was like this for, like, a few weeks, and then I reached out my surgeon immediately. He's like, oh, this, this is normal. Your body's just adjusting, blah, blah, blah. blah. i like, this shit is not normal, but whatever. <laughs> he didn't believe me. <laughs> like, he didn't believe me. So I go to the puree phase, um, which I was so excited about because I hated being on liquids, like mostly because I just couldn't tolerate anything. So I'm like, okay, maybe soft foods will be better. Um, so, yeah, I made the ricotta bake. That was my jam. Um, Beans mashed potatoes but i could only eat because i have measuring cups i could only eat like an ounce at a time and i was full like Mm. i was full and then it came right back up um i was eating so freaking little that i was not getting nourished and i was tracking through a very tastic app which is a great app by the way and i was maybe consuming three to four hundred calories a day at that mostly less because i was throwing up everything Mm. So, at this point, I'm a month post-op. I still feel terrible. I feel awful. Um, my surgeon had come to the house. I was still also I was still in a lot of pain. Your surgeon came to your
0: house? I want
2: that. It was, it was COVID. It was COVID. <laughs> so, yeah, and I was working at Expedia at the time, and I needed to go on FMLA because I couldn't work. And I wasn't getting paid or anything because I hadn't been there long enough. But, like, luckily at this time, we were living with my dad, so... Thank God for that. We didn't have, like, a mortgage, and my dad was very understanding. Um, but, yeah, my surgeon, after a month, came to the house, just kept giving me pain meds. Like, he put me on fucking Percocet, right? Okay? Oh, and That's I the answer to literally. everything.
0: Here's so our medicine.
2: Yeah he, put, yeah, he put me on Percocet, um, very strong. Like, I would take it, though, because I was in so much pain and so miserable. I'm like, ooh, I could feel high for a while, and I feel, I feel okay, and I, for, I just forgot about everything but like my stomach like it was really hard on my stomach um so he was like oh yeah he still thought shit was normal so thought <laughs> shit was normal like oh this is normal so at this point it's like and it's like july i think yeah it was like mid-july um i went to see my primary because my surgeon wasn't believing me and told me it was normal called my primary care physician told her everything that i've been experiencing she's like what, why have you not reached out to your surgeon why isn't he doing anything i'm like i've tried he won't help me like he pretty much is like i did your surgery i did my job bye that's how i felt about him um at that time um so i went to my primary she ordered a whole shit ton of tests she's like i think it might be your gallbladder because you're having a lot of pain and you're not able to um keep anything down so she thought it was my gallbladder so she ordered the HIDA scan i had a ct scan i had an mri like i had just every possible test um I remember going in for the height of stand, and I literally was laying on the table for an hour, and they gave me a, a bag because I kept puking. Mm. I just kept puking. I was so fucking miserable. They had me eat oatmeal, which
0: they had you eat I oatmeal. Was,
2: I had to eat oatmeal with a radioactive. I had to eat
0: eggs it. with that.
2: Oh. Now, I hate oatmeal, okay? I do not like oatmeal at all. I know, like, a lot of people like oatmeal for wine, including, including Julian, but I hate oatmeal. So it was really hard for me to even eat that. I would have rather had the eggs, but I couldn't digest eggs either. And then they had me drink. Right. What? Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, I had weight well loss surgery. I can't have carbonation. Okay,
0: well, yeah. um, you see that I'm throwing up in this bag now? You better get me a yeah. fucking bedpan, yeah. too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then they had me lay down for a fucking hour. I'm busy as shit. I'm fucking growing up. I'm nauseous. I'm like, literally had me lay down for an hour. And I'm like, I got up so dizzy. I could barely walk. My dad, so my dad and Joyn had to drive me everywhere. I couldn't drive. So my dad, because Joyn was working, my dad drove me every fucking appointment. I had so much blood work done. I can't even tell you. Like I had something going on every single day of the week, Monday through Friday for like weeks. Thank God for my dad for being there. And he's retired, so he was able to do it. I remember walking out of there, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I hope it's my gallbladder. I hope this is finally going to be over. Nope. Um, So I went back for my results a week later. My gallbladder, the normal, so the normal, like, functioning, um, well, they say if it's less than 10%, that's really abnormal. Mine was functioning 1%. 1%. Wow, how I was still alive! I don't know. My my doctor was like, "I have no idea how you're still alive with your gallbladder functioning at one percent. I'm baffled. I have never seen it this low. You need to get it out now." I so, said, well, okay. no, like shit at this point.
0: So I had my yeah. gallbladder out prior to weight loss surgery, and my gallbladder wasn't functioning at all.
2: Oh wow!
0: Yeah, it was just done, and oh. a lot of people don't realize that. Getting a gallbladder out is probably number one common post-op complication from weight loss. It is.
2: Yep. Yeah. So I had my gallbladder out uh, six weeks after I had surgery. So I, like, you know, and I have I have a third and final surgery I'll get to. But um, yeah, this part of my story is extremely long. I apologize. It's just a lot. Do happened. not apologize. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I went back. At, at this point, I wasn't even reaching out to my surgeon because he wasn't even helping me. So, um, I did sign a release of information because my doctor was pissed and she called him and bitched him out and yelled at him and said, what the fuck are you doing pretty much? You need to help her. So my doctor gave me a referral for somebody to take out my gallbladder. Um, took forever to get a call. I get a call from my surgeon, like the next day saying, Oh yeah, I spoke to your doctor. Um, I understand you need your gallbladder out. I can do it for you. And at this point, I was in so much pain that, like, even though I wasn't happy with him, I'm like, okay. And he said he could get me in the next week. So I was like, okay. So they preauthorized it through insurance. Everything was good. I had been to the hospital so many freaking times at this point, back and forth. Your deductible like, and
0: everything's co-pays. gone. I
2: had zero copays everywhere. Yeah. like, So it didn't even matter. So surgery didn't cost me nothing. So he got me in the following week. Um, it was outpatient. Um, and then I was scared. You know, I was really scared at this point because I didn't know what was wrong with me and if this was going to fix everything. Um, At this point, this was end of July 2020. Absolutely nobody could be there with me, even though it was outpatient. So, like, my sister got me off. I had the surgery terrified. You know, I was all alone. Like, it was really scary. Um, Had my gallbladder out. Again, felt okay. Like, that day and the next day, um, I thought it would fix everything. I was incredibly wrong. My symptoms got even worse. Um, I was still nauseous. I was throwing up 10 to 12 times a day um metal taste in my mouth like I couldn't couldn't drink water I couldn't eat anything literally I was eating I was living on mashed potatoes popsicles what else and beans like baked beans those are the three things like I could tolerate but again I could only eat one ounce at a time because that's all I could have um so yeah I was on purees for like three months so my symptoms got even worse. This was end of July. My symptoms got even worse. And I was I was beside myself. I was like, I can't fucking do this anymore. I was the most depressed I've ever had in my fucking life. I wanted to kill myself. I wanted to end it all. I was like that far gone. Like, I was like, this is ridiculous. If this is my quality of life, I don't even want to be here anymore. You know what I mean? I. Yeah. Cass is here. Cass. Um, ah. So, um, I was the lowest of my lows at this point. I felt like, okay, I had two surgeries. I'm still in pain. I'm still feeling like crap. I still can't eat anything. Like, Joanne, you know, he tried, you know, he was like, he was really worried about me. He was like, babe, are you okay? And at this point, you know, I'll be honest, like, we had to have sex a month. And, like, he was having a really hard time with that. And he didn't really, like, he was trying to be understanding, but he... Is a guy, so he like didn't get it, like he didn't understand. I was physically in too much pain to even have sex. I didn't have the energy to have sex, like literally my like my stomach was still hurting, and I had surgery months months month ago, so that was really hard too to not be able to have that physical intimacy with my partner. You know that was really hard too, and then I felt guilty and I felt bad that he felt not, you know not great, like oh you're not attracted to me, like it was just like all the shit that came up that like wasn't true. But that's how he was feeling Um, so that part was really hard so I remember it was oh gosh end of end of August and I had just thrown up about 15 times like the most I've ever thrown up I texted my surgeon I had his number at this point he gave me his number he's like dude just text me like you know because I had I was going through such a hard time I said I've thrown up 15 times today it's not getting better something is still wrong it's not my gallbladder so he said, go to the hospital where he um, where he goes out of. And he said, We're gonna, I'm going gonna to meet you for a few days. We're going to give you hydration. We're going to give you um, vitamins and the banana bags and all that. Um, and see if we can figure out what's going on. And he straight of told me, Lauren, I have no idea what's wrong with you. I've never seen this before. I've done this surgery a million times. And I don't know what is wrong. So hearing my own surgeon say, we don't know what the fuck is wrong with you, it was really like, Scary. Like, wow. Okay, so he don't even know what's wrong with me. So how is this gonna get fixed? So uh I was in the hospital for five days by myself, no visitors. Is that when like, you got so your I mean, pick line? Yes, this is yeah. when I got my pick line. So, which is the most painful fucking <laughs> Especially when they
0: rip the bandage off and clean it.
2: Oh yeah, that was awful. Um, but yeah, so I was admitted. Um My first two days there, I had a roommate who just snored the whole time. I didn't sleep for two days. Oh, hell no. No, thank you. So, like, I couldn't sleep for two days. Um, They had me, um, I was getting morphine every four hours, I remember, which really helped the pain. Um, But I wasn't getting consistently because they would ignore my call button and wouldn't come when I needed my payments um i also i think i was on like amoxicillin I was on antibiotic as well um i had some banana bags i think i had three huge ones that i finished in five days so i was definitely I had a lot of vitamins a lot of nutrition in me um i could tell like i was just gaining a ton of weight because my belly was just like out to here um so i was in there for two days I hadn't seen my surgeon it was the weekend and i was like okay what the hell like how are we gonna figure out what's wrong so um, got my blood work done. All my vitamins are very low and nutrition, very, very low. He's like, okay, let's do one more, one more test. You know, you've, we've gone through all these tests. I don't know what's wrong. Let's try one more. So what was it? A barium swallow. Oh, yeah, a barium, a barium
0: swallow. swallow.
2: <laughs> but they could have done how long ago? Like he could have done that early on. And most
0: surgeons <laughs> require a barium swallow at one month to yeah. check for a leak.
3: Yeah.
2: No, he didn't do that. So, so barium swallow um so I went with x-ray tech and normally like nobody's allowed back there but like they let him back there so I literally like swallowed it and he was able to see like what was wrong so there's a law medical term for it don't ask me the name because I don't know but pretty much intussusception
0: because it was flipped right now
2: I don't even know the name of it all I know is how he explained it was um food was getting stuck in my sleeve and it was coming back up so He had to move my sleeve up against my abdominal wall, and also my stomach was at an angle and wasn't straight, so like food was not going all the way down to be digested. So also, he didn't require, what's that, what's that procedure, endoscopy? Like he didn't require that before he even had surgery. So had he done that, maybe he would have seen that from the start and realized like, okay, we need to do something. So to fix that, he moved my sleeve up against my abdominal wall and he put sutures in my stomach. So to this day, that's what I still have. And that's how I'm able to digest. So I'm happy to say, like, I, besides the morning sickness and getting sick from that when I was pregnant, I have had, like, no issues with, like, throwing up or anything like that coming back up. So, but I had to recover three different times. I had um, three surgeries in the span of 10 weeks. Um, I, by the time the 10 weeks, was there I lost already lost 70 pounds like and that's like that's a lot of weight to lose in such a short period of time 74 pounds in
0: in two months for me
2: yep oh wow wow you lost Mm -hmm. even more than I did um so I mean I know I just remember after my final surgery um I was scared as shit that like this wasn't gonna fix me and I was so scared like I and I had to start the liquids and then purees, soft foods, and then regular foods. And I just remember the first time I had, we were talking about ground turkey earlier. The first time I had ground turkey, I was like terrified. Like I was going to throw it up and it wasn't going to digest. So, and I was so happy that I was able to have like two or three ounces of everything. Cause they say like, oh yeah, two to three ounces, you know? And I was, but I was really, really scared after I had my final surgery that it wasn't going to fix anything. It was going to come back up and I was going to be back to square one again, feeling hopeless and depressed again um but yeah that's in a nutshell what my complications were um that's not even getting to my pregnancy complications but that's just like my weight loss surgery complications and it's all bad ptsd very bad medical ptsd like it's really hard for me to be in hospitals um so with my pregnancy complications um i went to preterm labor at 28 weeks I was in the hospital for three weeks. They thought I was going to have my son within like a week or two. They did like a test and there was like a 66% chance I was going to have him within two weeks. Uh, They gave me magnesium, which slowed uh, my contractions down. um, And they gave me um, something to help. Like uh, They gave me a shot. What's that shot called? Uh, To help with his breathing in case he was. Oh, yeah.
0: For the lungs, the surfactant.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So... But being on magnesium, that shit sucks. Like, the side effects, like, you're literally hot all over for 24 hours. You can't, they won't let you eat. You can't get up and use the bathroom. You have a catheter in you. Like, it was fucking terrible. <laughs> but, um... So Did you have a C-section? Go. I didn't have a C-section, no. Oh. I had him naturally. Yeah. Um He was breech originally, like, when I went in, but he turned miraculously. So... They let me go after two and a half weeks. They let me go home. I was on bed rest. Um, I was able to carry him until I was 38 weeks. Surprisingly, I had an OB appointment that morning. I my water broke that night. I had him within three hours of getting to get into the hospital. Wow, was very quick. Thank God. But, um, and I'm not gonna say weight while surgery caused it. I don't know what caused it. But they said I had a short cervix, which is why I went into preterm labor. But. You know now i have even more ptsd from hospitals because <laughs> like the nicu doctor came in and they're like oh and i had like five to six doctors every day coming to see me um all the high-risk doctors like every day were like oh you're gonna have them you're gonna have them soon and so it's really scary to think about having a premature baby and thinking like did, did i do something that cause this like you feel really guilty and you feel like you did something even though i know i didn't but there's a lot of guilt and it was really lonely like this whole the all my complications we lost our dream pregnancy i was really lonely and really scared and depressed like
0: and there was that's, no that's... one talking about it
2: yep so back when i had my complications. I was like the only one in the community that I followed anyway, that was talking about it. Um, Those talking about the hard stuff, the mental health aspect, talking about the complications. So I felt very alone. I had a lot of support. Don't get me wrong. I had a lot of people in my inbox, a lot of friends, care packages and whatnot, but nobody that truly understood. And so I know when Steph, when you had your surgery, you started having complications, you reached out to me. Um, Cause I think you like saw my life or something. Mm-hmm. Pain, and then we we've been talking for like a long time and then this weekend was telling to me finally. yes but um but Steph is like the only other one that I really recognize that was talking about the complications too so like now a lot more people are experiencing it and are talking about it. so I don't know if people are just talking about it more or if there's more complications but I think when you go in for surgery and you meet with your surgeon, they don't talk about like the bad stuff. They talk about like, oh, the good stuff, like this, 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 but like, they don't even prepare you for the mental health aspect of things, which was the hardest part for me was like, this surgery is all mental. You see very physical changes, which is great, but your brain does not catch up to them. And it's a mind book. It really is.
0: I uh, like... wanted to go into, if you feel comfortable, your mental health diagnoses
2: yeah sure um so I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression when I was 16 right after my grandpa passed away um that was probably the darkest time in my life I actually did try to kill myself I wrote a suicide note and everything when I was 16 um I lost all my friends um my back then nobody understood depression you're talking like this like 2001 um no but none of my friends wanted to be around me they said you're so sad all the time you're so depressed you're miserable. I don't want to be around you. Um so yeah, that was hard. Um most recently, I have been diagnosed with OCD, um obsessive compulsive disorder. Um this is a new diagnosis for me since I had my baby. Um it's been really really hard. Um I've never had that diagnosis. I've had symptoms of OCD like I have to like check and make sure the door is locked, like I check three times, like I have to make sure the stove's off, like there's certain things that I do repetitive, repetitively, but it wasn't anything to the extreme. What's been happening since I had my son is I have this irrational fear that he's going to stop breathing at night, so I will literally like check him constantly when he's sleeping at night to make sure he's still breathing, and that causes me to not really sleep at all. Um, I, I take magnesium every night to help me sleep um, because it's light enough where if he does wake up and I hear him, I'll be able to wake up. Um, but yeah, the OCD is getting really bad, to be honest. Um, when he is asleep, I don't rest. I don't relax. I, instead, my brain tells me, Lauren, you need to clean, you need to clean, you need to clean. So I have this compulsive cleaning thing going on right now um we live in a like two bedroom small condo and we have a child so like it gets dirty really easily uh, Um, i find myself cleaning probably at least every other day and i will not stop until i'm done my brain will literally tell me lauren you gotta keep going keep going keep going i will literally be like exhausted you know hadn't eaten all day like i go in the kitchen to make something to eat and then i end up cleaning the entire kitchen um it's been really bad um i started seeing an ocd therapist she straight up, like we had a session last week and she is doing this kind of therapy where you really combat the anxiety head on and you do things that are kind of scary. So she told me to literally just sit with anxiety and don't clean for two hours. I haven't failed to do it. Like I can't do it. Um, this is a very new diagnosis for me. It's a really scary one because I've had anxiety most of my life, but like it's never gotten to this extreme and I didn't think. I would ever have this diagnosis, and it would be this bad because a lot of, you know, I guess like maybe I thought, oh, I'm gonna lose the weight, and yeah, my mental health gonna be so much better because I'm I'm thinner now. It's not the case. Like it's still there. Like it, you gotta retrain your brain to like really really deal with things head on. And I have a lot of trauma in my past that I haven't dealt with, that I'm still dealing with. And so yeah, the OCD, a lot of it's related to my to my son, and that he's gonna stop breathing. And, um, even though there's no evidence that's going to happen, I have a really big fear. i gone a little better, but like, I'm still like, I, I still feel, I feel, I, I have that fear every single night when it's time for me to go to bed. Like, I don't want to go to sleep. Joey will be passed out. Baby will be asleep. I don't want to go to sleep because I'm worried something's going to happen to them.
0: Cass, do you have anything to add on that? Did you ever get those feelings at all?
4: I, I also was the same way when my children were little, um, especially my first daughter because she was my, I was 29 weeks pregnant when I found out that I was pregnant with her oh. and I wasn't expecting her and, uh, I would literally stand by her bassinet and like watch her and I would put my hand on her stomach and in front of her nose, mm. make sure she... All three of the children, all three of my babies, I did. Um, with Milo, though, my last one, it, like, drastically changed. I I still did, but it wasn't nearly as much as, like, with my first one. That one was really, you know, she was my first baby of my first everything, so. Um, and I did a lot of it alone, so. Um, I was always... I'm still very protective of her, and she'll be 13 this year.
2: So. No. Yeah. What you just described, watching over her, putting your hand on her. That's exactly what I do with my phone every single night. And mm-hmm. then Joy will be like, baby, he's fine, he's fine. Come on, get in bed." I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. I literally sit there, stand there for like three to five minutes just to make sure. Yep. And then if he makes the littlest of sounds, I'm like, I jump up. Because his method is literally mm-hmm. right next to me. I'm can't. like he has to be right next to me. So he cannot be on your side, he has to be next to me. Like I, I can't.
4: And with Kaya, I can't tell you. I fell asleep standing up oh, <laughs> a wow. few times, um, just because I did. I didn't want to sit down. I didn't want to be so. I sometimes I would pull um, a chair up next to her bassinet, and I would just sit there and I would doze off, and then I'd startle awake, and then I would check her. Yeah, so. I I know the struggle.
0: Lauren, did oh, go ahead.
4: No,
3: it's all good.
0: Lauren, did you prior to weight loss surgery um, suffer from an eating disorder or disordered eating?
2: Um definitely binge eating for sure. Um, I never purged or anything like that, but, um, definitely binging. And to be honest, I still deal with it. Um, I still, and since I got pregnant, like I can eat a lot more, like I can eat a lot more than I used to be able to eat. Like, um, I can have a whole burger for Burger King and like two sittings. Um, I didn't used to be able to do that. So yeah, definitely binge eating is something I still, I still, uh, go to it when I'm dealing with my wife. I still go to food. Um, I haven't fully, I haven't fully recovered from it. Um, I thought I had a healthier relationship with food before I got pregnant, and then I recognized as I was pregnant. Uh, nope, still there. Mm. I noticed something
1: uh, with me lately is I, you mentioned that you would rather do the snacks or the little tiny meals uh, throughout the whole day rather than having a sit down and eating a whole meal. For me, I'll have like variety and then i'm worried it's like binging because i'll put like a bunch of things in front of me knowing i can't finish it but i want to have a little bit of everything so i don't know if that has like if that's similar or if you've experienced that but i don't know where i'm going with this but like <laughs> i i just feel like it's very easy to kind of go back to like old habits cuz like when before my surgery I would binge and I'm so afraid that that behavior of wanting like variety of everything will turn back into binging
0: are you eating like all of that at one time or are you like finding yourself going back to it
1: going back to it so
0: that's called grazing
1: okay yeah well I think though it's because I can't Physically have it. I mean, I don't eat to get sick, but I I know in my head I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be able to have this, so I'll leave it out. Have like a little bit of this, walk away, come back, have a little bit of it again. Like I will have like four meals out of a meal that I set out.
0: Yeah, that's grazing. Okay, cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Is that not good? Is that okay?
0: Uh, uh, <laughs> no, not necessarily a good thing. Because um, yeah. technically, yeah. technically, you're eating how you were prior to surgery you're just doing it like multiple times a day so it's like you're still finishing your plate type of thing um
1: Mm. well that's what I mean like it it's really it's scary to think about like going back to like old behaviors
0: again I'm not a doctor
1: (laughs) no I know but but about the whole binge and eating disorder thing anyway different
2: episode (laughs) (laughs) definitely if you feel like you are going to that so I want to clarify I'm snacking a lot because I feel like with the baby and with everything going on like I don't have the time to like cook a meal like I probably could if I really wanted to but for me it's easier for me to just grab a snack but what I'm snacking on like I've been upset chocolate caramels for like the last two months I finally stopped buying them (laughs) But, like, I think that's why I'm having weight gain. And then I love cheese and crackers. That's a slider food for me. Like, that's, like, an easy snack for me. Um, So I'm really struggling with my eating right now. Like, I want to be able to meal prep. I want to be able to have, like, actual meals. Because I know the way I'm eating right now is not good. It's not going to help me in the long run. But as a mom, it's really hard to kind of be able to meal prep, to be able to cook. And like right now, I, I don't, I feel like I don't have the time. I'm so busy all the time with him because Julian works nights. So it's like, I don't have a lot of free time. And so I think I need to make it a priority, obviously, but I'm really struggling with that. I'm, I'm just literally like snack all day long. Like I don't really have a meal. If I do, it might be breakfast. Lately, I've just been going to Starbucks and getting the egg bites because it's just easy and it's, it's. There's a lot of protein, and it's good, and, like, I don't have to cook. But generally, my breakfast is some form of egg. I might have an egg sandwich, or it might just be eggs and something else. But, like, I've been, like, spending money. And I love the Starbucks egg bites. They're so good.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I wish I could cook them like that. But I even got an egg bite maker.
0: A um, little dash one? So, like,
2: not, yeah, the dash one. But they're not as good as the Starbucks one. So <laughs> I'm <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> but, um it's like I'm spending like extra money to like make something I could make at home too and like I find myself I've been eating like been eating out a little bit more and then it doesn't help that like my dad and sister will bring me food like every week like oh what do you want and I'm like I don't know and they'll just like bring me food and like I don't want to be like oh I'm sorry I'm trying to eat healthier I can't eat eat this you know so that's part of it too that my family as a whole, like, I developed really bad eating habits as a kid. My mom worked full-time. My dad didn't know how to cook. Grew up on soda, fast food, mozzarella sticks, pizza, all unhealthy food. So I never learned what healthy eating was mm-hmm. ever. So that's part, you know, and I, I was overweight by the time I was in, like, third grade. Like, I was, I've been overweight ever since, like, third grade. So, like... I think a lot of it stems from childhood, how you're raised. You know, like a lot of it happens. And as a therapist too, like I know, like a lot of trauma and all that, like stems from childhood. It's like learned behaviors, right? Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I was never, you know, I didn't know what veggies were. I didn't eat any veggies until I was an adult. Like my my parents like didn't show me what healthy eating was. We all ate very unhealthy ever since I was a kid. And you know. My mom passed away a few years ago, but one of like uh, she passed away from lung disease, but she was obese too, and that was a factor, you know, and that was a factor why I ended up getting weight loss surgery because I my mom died she was only sixty five, you know, so like I didn't want to like I didn't I want to be around like I want to live my life I want to be here for Julian and my son mm-hmm. like I just that was a huge factor why I even had the surgery so. I think I just never learned what healthy eating was. And to this day, I think I still struggle with it. I have no idea. It's like, oh, yeah, protein and veggies. But it's like, yeah, but how much and, you know, how many count. Like, I still I still know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, yeah. most of years close up, I still don't know what I'm doing with, yeah. with, with food.
1: I, you're learning every day, like, little by little. I Like, I'm still learning things. Like, even after, like, studying macros and, like, everything else, I'm always we're always constantly evolving and learning new things it's like this whole journey is just a one big ass learning experience
0: or unlearning our or, or yeah unlearning those childhood you know behaviors that our parents instilled in us because we didn't know any better and yeah. we we talked about this in the previous podcasts and generations and how we're all different ages and you know like those of us who came from the clean your play club or like, because you're from, you know, uh, a family who, you know, maybe didn't have a lot of money. Like, so it was like you're going to eat all of your food or it was processed or it was, you know, out of a can type of thing. Um, and so like how different the generations are and a lot of it is like generational habits and we get them from our parents or whatever. But then when you, you know, go through the surgery, and it's all mindset, and you're relearning, and you're unlearning, Um, you know, sometimes it takes longer for certain people. And that's okay. That's okay. But you know, it's important to, you know, reach out, you know, if you need that help, and that guidance with macros and getting you to a point where, okay, yes, I have this newborn, but I need easy ways to get the protein and easy ways to meal prep. So I have it, like, even if it's like, when he's, I know, I know, you know, with the mental health and the OCD and like he's taking a nap or whatever, it's hard. It's way harder. But even if you get away for like 30 minutes and go make something for like three days, just so you have it kind of thing.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and then Cass, I don't know if you're still on voice. Maybe you have some suggestions since you do have kids and, you know, how you work around you know, having them in a busy life and working and, you know, meal prepping and whatnot?
4: Honestly, um, (laughs) I'm not much of a help in this department. I (laughs) fucking hate meal prepping. Okay. I am a fly by the seat of my pants kind of bitch. Um, The only thing that I ever meal prep is my lunch for the next day. Mm -hmm. And I do it Mm -hmm. the night before. That's it. That is the only way that I can be successful. First, second of all, because honestly, I don't really care to eat leftovers. Mm -hmm. So if I make something once, I don't want to necessarily eat it again for four fucking days.
3: Yeah. So,
4: you know, I'm not much of a help in this. um,
0: But you are, because that could be a baby step. Like, because are you going to go work in the office, Lauren?
2: Yes, my new job. I'm gonna be in the office five days a week. So So, yeah, I'm definitely gonna need. You could start
0: at. I made my lunch for tomorrow. Yep. yeah.
2: That's a
3: that's Mm -hmm. a
4: real easy way to ease into it. Just uh, prep the night before for your meals in the you know the next day. I take yogurt and granola and berries, and then I take a couple snacks, and then uh, you know, I bring. Usually, I have frozen meals like the the cauliflower bowls or whatnot um and I usually eat probably about half of one just because I still have pretty strong restriction Mm -hmm. um but and then I'll just throw what I don't eat away so
0: something you can help with though Cass so Lauren does eventually want to have plastics but having a young baby how how did that impact you with your healing and having your kids
4: Um, it's definitely a challenge Um, so I don't know if you know what I had done I had an extended brachioplasty I had a mammoplasty and a mastopexy so I had my arms done um, so my incisions come all the way down through my armpits Um, my breast reduction I have the T anchor on the the breasts and then
3: the incisions all the way under the from the lift and all of that so I had quite a bit of incisions I had two drains um, that were only in for like a day <laughs> I'm not a very big outputter in the drain area um, at least for this surgery um, so I am four weeks one day out of top, and I am pretty much back to normal. Um, I feel like I could have um, probably already gone back to work, but I'm taking the full six weeks just to make sure. Um, I did have one minor complication. I had blood clots. Fucking Stanley.
0: Fucking Stanley. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Who needed to come out and apparently decided on his own he was going to find a weak part of my incision on the right side on my wrist and uh, start coming out. Um, but for recovery children, it is hard and I, I will not try to glamorize it, anyway. especially when you want to pick up your children, when you want to love on your children. Um, I have a 12 year old, five year old, and I have a two year old. Um, so he, my two year old, he doesn't understand why I can't pick him up, why he can't get on me. <laughs> he can now, but like the first couple weeks, it's, it's just really hard. So you don't can't lift anything heavy. um They still don't want me to lift more than like twenty five pounds. Uh, even though my incisions and everything, it looks very amazing. Like all of my stuff is like, I am like the poster child for healing. <laughs> They're just he's <laughs> like you were like eight plus <laughs> I'm like well thanks <laughs> i I could do that for you <laughs> so my surgeon's a musician. um yeah cause, I mean they just want to get on you
4: they want you to play they don't understand why you're not feeling good uh, my five year old just goes oh you have lots of cuts on you and <laughs> I'm like
0: Aww.
4: yes I do <laughs> The other night, it was hilarious. So we were putting her to bed, and uh, Marley was like... I leaned over, and I gave her a hug, and I was just wearing a sports bra so she could see all my excess skin on my my belly. And she goes, Oh, you're going to get cuts on your belly, too, because you want to be flat. (laughs) No. Right. I mean... All in all, everything went really smoothly for me. It was really... Um, I think I psyched myself out, honestly, and was like, oh, God, this is going to be, like, the worst thing ever. And really, honestly, it was not. It was more uncomfortable than painful, I think, for me. There were, like, a couple of days that it was, you know, the first three days it was the worst. And then, you know... Obviously, with the blood clot and that unexpectedly happening in one month. But, yeah, I mean, just connect with your surgeon. Make sure that it's somebody that you really truly believe in. Um, I think that is a huge piece, just like, you know, therapy. When you're connecting with your therapist, it's a huge piece. It's a working relationship. Um, And my surgeon is top tier, Top notch. There's nobody else that I would have touch my body in a plastic surgery. Not at all. That's how strongly I believe in him. So, and he was available to me on the weekend. I called after hours when the blood clot happened. He was on the phone with me within three minutes. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's awesome.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And he also called later that afternoon to check on me. And he called me first thing in the morning to check on me as well.
3: That's awesome. Like,
4: great.
0: That's what okay. care should be. Yeah, that's
2: Excellent. what it should be. It's it <laughs> yeah, not what it is usually, but that's what it should be. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh. Cass. Can I
2: ask, um, oh, yeah. like, who's your surgeon? Who'd you go through? I don't know where you live uh, or anything, but so I live in Alaska, and. Oh.
4: Um, I stayed in Alaska. At first I had entertained the idea of going and having surgery in Mexico with a board, you know, a US board certified, because you can find those that practice in Mexico. Um however, when I thought about it, I was like, Hmm, no, I think I wanna stay home. I don't really feel like I wanna travel after, you know, getting my body hacked on. <laughs> Nice. So yeah. I stayed in Alaska. Um, originally, um, I wanted a different plastic surgeon from the same practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I was, so I wanted him, but he was all booked up for consultations when I called in like the end of March. He was already all booked out until September. Oh, wow. wow. Um, so they were like, well, we have another surgeon, Dr. Lee, that has an availability in July. And I was like, just, yep, I'll just take it. And then I figured if I didn't like him, then, you know, I would just, while I was there, I would schedule another consultation with one of the other surgeons. They have four in uh, that practice. So, um, but literally I met with Dr. Lee and everything just clicked. It was like, uh you know, the magical sun rays coming down. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) It was one of those magic moments. (laughs) when it was just like everything aligned perfectly. And Mm -hmm. his care on surgery day, like, you know, he spent... Probably near an hour, marking me because he was just like, nope, I don't like that, and then he would switch it. <laughs> and he just wanted to make sure that I got the best possible results, and um, that I was happy with everything. And we always made sure that we were on the same page with everything, like continuing the procedures that I had planned for, and you know how we can make them better. And it was a very good collaboration, mm-hmm. like. I told him what I wanted. He told me what was realistic, um, and everything better than my wildest dreams came true. Like, and I'm very much looking forward to working with him again here in the future. So,
0: that's awesome. Oh. Did you ever look at any surgeons in Vegas,
4: Cass? I did not. Okay. Um, I you know I figured that when I decided and made the choice that I was going to stay home to do so, I didn't need to look anywhere else. Um, you know, and that's not to say that that's for everybody. Alaska is very expensive. So I was actually really surprised when I've, you know, we've talked to other people that have had plastic surgery who had similar procedures as I have, and I have paid less than other people, which is crazy to me because Alaska is notoriously more expensive than like a lot of states mm-hmm. um but I saved myself plane fare lodging and all of that if it you know wasn't inclusive if I didn't go somewhere inclusive um but I'm just glad I'm I made the right choice um I know that in my heart of hearts so I
0: and the reason I ask that is because yeah. I know you went to Blossom and because Lauren lives in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, yes, I do. Uh,
4: Vegas is my happy place, so <laughs> <laughs> I love Las Vegas. That's going to uh, be
3: here on Saturday. Yeah, I get to hug, hug Lauren, like Lauren to on Saturday. Yeah, after all the uh, time of
4: us chatting, it's been forever. And I get to it's hug been...
0: Cass in the summertime. Yes.
4: Oh, I went, so the first time I ever went to Vegas was in 2019, I went um I took my my honey for his fortieth birthday, and you know I really just loved it there um, mm-hmm. I at that point, I could not stand the heat because I was just so obese and like yeah. it just was the worst thing to try and navigate, especially coming from Alaska where we have such a like moderate, you know temperature in the summertime and then <laughs> go to vegas in june
0: <laughs> it's supposed to rain on saturday which is uncalled for yes. for vegas oh, uh, It's
2: not right, fun it's they probably, usually it's probably last very long though like it can depend but usually when we get rain it doesn't last very long um because i'm running the rock and roll 5k on saturday so i told oh, Steph, please i do not want to run in the rain <laughs> I'm a new runner, so I'm like I just I'm not prepared to run in the rain. I'm really not. I will fall on my ass if I have to, but yeah. But I'm just like, please no. (laughs) But we'll see.
0: Yeah. Two. I
4: always always say I want to retire to Vegas. Just Uh I really love the desert heat. Um, I really, as an adult now, like, and now that I'm not, you know, almost four hundred (laughs) pounds. it's a whole different ballgame like I can handle yeah. things differently yeah, and I, I gonna... like dry heat not wet heat I still yeah. do not like wet heat and I will not live anywhere tropical yeah. it? no thanks
2: <laughs> I was gonna say when I was like almost 300 pounds I would get I would sweat a lot underneath my stomach and I would get really bad mm-hmm. rashes like I got yep. strep one time underneath my stomach and like I think the most amazing NSV for me after having lost all the weight is that I don't get the, I don't have that sweat problem anymore. Mm -hmm. Like even when I work out, I don't even sweat that much. When Mm -hmm. I run, I do sweat, but it's like, it's really odd now to like not sweat, like hardly ever. Whereas before Mm -hmm. I sweated so much, it was so hard on, on my body. And those rashes were painful as hell. Yeah, like when not I got fun. the strep one, like it was awful. So I would get like the powder um, mm-hmm. that I have to use all the time. And it was just so nice uncomfortable. Stem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uncomfortable as hell and like painful. So mm-hmm. one of the biggest NSVs for me is that I don't have that problem anymore. And it's
4: so yeah.
2: it got so bad.
4: hmm Yeah, I would get it under my my flap. <laughs> and then uh my breast hung down so far, like I would get it down underneath mm-hmm. there too, and it's just like it smells. It's itchy. It's uncomfortable. Like you have to wear more layers of clothes to prevent chafing. <laughs> like,
2: and I love wearing people dresses don't like So I was like, I would like if I wore dresses and skirts, I'd have four wear underneath it every single time. Yep. And even so, it would still happen. And I'm like, dude, this sucks. I want to just be able yeah. to wear a normal dress, not have to wear leggings underneath, not have to worry about this. So. Exactly. Yeah. It was, it was awful. Yeah. yeah don't miss
4: that. Yeah. And people, like, unless they've experienced that and, like, they know and they've walked those shoes, they have no idea, like, mm-hmm. and it, I think it's part of what makes me so angry when people judge obese people like you don't know all of the struggles that they have to deal with on a daily to survive and just live so I mean just walking this path has caused me um to proceed with a lot more empathy and compassion for people and what they're going through yeah um I don't know makes me makes me sad like people are just not kind like and i'm i'm guilty of it like i used to be a, a judge and ass but then i also had a lot of stuff that i was going through not that it's an excuse and um it took me until 2021 in july after i lost my brother that may to find a therapist that i could connect with and i worked with her um all the way up until recently and I switched over to a new clinician um, an actual clinician for long-term trauma therapy um, I'll be doing the e- EMDR and brain spotting okay. uh-huh. um, but I'm not even anywhere near that I've only had like two sessions with her and I'm still just kind of getting the lay of the land with her but like you were talking about earlier and mental health is so important in this arena like and it's so stigmatized to talk about mental health is just like it's like on the the lines of you know abuse and stuff like we don't talk about it we sweep it under the rug oh if we don't if we don't see it we don't know it's not there and so many people struggle and that's why i really tried to bring it out on my on the stuff that i post, like. You know, I've talked in depth about like switching medications a million times or, you know, just being able to talk to my therapist and how much it's meant to me and how far I've come in that sense. Because, yes, losing the weight is great and fine, but if we do not address the root cause of all of this, we just go back to the same shit that we were doing that got us to where we were miserable and desperate Mm -hmm. in the first place. And then then we fall back into that vicious cycle of you know oh i'm not worth it oh i'm i'm a loser i can't do this like it is yeah. so important to find the support sorry i went off on a tangent there Woo. you're allowed no i
2: absolutely agree with everything you said Like, like like i said from the start like i'm a therapist myself but like Mental health is still stigmatized. People still don't talk about mm-hmm. it, especially in the community. I've seen a lot more people now, but back when I had surgery in 2020, nobody was talking about it. Nobody was talking about mm-hmm. This shit is hard as fuck mentally. Like, this is hard. Like, yep. especially when you have complications, that's when you notice it the most. Like, mentally, this is hard. <laughs> like, I you know, Stuff today you said you had a really hard day, and I really felt for you. And I'm like, no. Oh. Like, I know what that feels like to mentally just be like, fuck, today sucks. Like, this mm-hmm. sucks. Like, it sucks to go through complications. It sucks to still not feel well. It sucks to, like, have that hope that everything's going to be better, and then it's not. And it's, like, it's, you feel hopeless, you know? And that's yes. a really shitty feeling.
0: And now I'm dealing with uh yeah. it's never actually going to be better, which sucks. And yeah. I'm trying to allow myself to feel all the feelings that I didn't feel the whole journey, and especially yeah. anger being one of them.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So... I'm just I'm I'm dealing with it, and you know I know I won't stay in that place, I won't stay in that dark place, and I'll get through it. But it's it's shitty to have to now deal with something that is out of your control and you didn't ask for, but is now handed to you because of your complications and all the radiation you were put through
2: yeah and like you know your feelings are valid you have every right to feel how you feel I know you you said like I don't want to be negative like I've seen you post that like it's okay if that's where you're at right now like anger is a secondary emotion there's something underneath that anger and a lot and it's probably frustration at this point it's probably sadness like like Mm -hmm. why what like why is why am I still dealing with this shit it's
0: because I was surviving Um, for so long and then I was doing really well and then it was like taken away again Fuck you.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, and I, it breaks my heart just that you're still dealing with all this, and because of all your complications, mm-hmm. like you were, it, it was so it made me so happy to see you like eating food again, and I'm like, oh, finally, finally she gets to enjoy like the good parts of this, and then it's like, mm-hmm. that all fucking sucks. Like, damn, mm-hmm. it's not fair. You don't deserve it.
0: But good things have come from sharing, and you know, if it wasn't for you sharing. I have no one. You know, like and then you, you don't
2: make me cry, please. You like, you like you know, you were the
0: first one and then and then yeah. after you, you know, there there was Melanie and then but then there was like no one. It was just like you guys and me, but then there's Maddie and then it's like and then I went through that stage of being bullied for it and then not yeah. having fucking anyone and Cass wanted to stabby stabby. Cass, Cass has been ride or die, too. Yeah. And then you left
2: Instagram. <laughs> like, I left
0: Instagram. Yep, I left like, Instagram. Come, Instagram. Come,
2: on, come on, like, fuck them. Who and then school,
0: lovely, lovely Christine, yep. Barry godmother, love her soul, brought me back to Instagram. Yep. And she shared with me her story and her complications and her dealing with TPN and whatnot. And it was like, I started yep. sharing my story, and I started sharing the real and the raw, <laughs> And then everyone out of the woodwork came out and started sharing, and they're like, Thank you. Thank you. And I was like, This is what has been needed to be happening. Like, we need yeah, exactly. you all to share this because no one Seriously. does. And so because, now there's uh, like. We all
4: have such different stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't know who your story affects. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have complications. I mean, I, I, I want to, when I was like eight weeks, I could start eating food, I couldn't eat it for like first eight weeks it was really hard for me like I just did extended liquids but I've been good like I haven't had any post-surgery complications for my my weight loss surgery but so many have and Mm -hmm. like it is really cool for me as somebody who hasn't had complications to walk these paths with the people that have and just be able to to be a shoulder or somebody that you feel safe to talk to or like, hey, I'm having a shitty day. They're like, well, you can tell me all about it, you know, and just be able to sit there in in it with them and not necessarily try to tell them, oh, it's going to get better. Oh, you're going to be fine. Like, don't be that mm-hmm. condescending ass, first of all. <laughs> that doesn't validate. Or
0: uh, this isn't really I'm happening to you. This is this is fake. Right. <laughs>
4: yeah. Gaslighting. That's the last thing you want to tell somebody. But it's interesting, it's been an interesting learning experience for me as somebody who hasn't had complications Mm -hmm. to see all of the people that have and how you know how many there really are, even though you know, most statistical is less than whatever it is. I don't know the
0: statistical. I think whatever. But you know, yeah.
4: Since but sharing, it's more than what they're saying, I think. I to be like since
0: sharing uh, since sharing my, my journey, journey I updated these statistics. Yeah, so since sharing my journey, I know about 50 people who have had the severe ones. And wow. again, like all of our complications are different. Our journeys are still different, but we've gone through similar things, so it's important yeah. that we're there for each other. And, like, yeah. I think also people don't realize that you have the severe ones, but you also have the common ones. Reactive mm-hmm. hypoglycemia, constipation. I have that. Ne- Needing your gallbladder out. That's a yep. post-op complication of weight loss yep. surgery. Well, I dealt
4: with that the other day yeah. uh, when I got my new piercings. Me and my my couple of my friends, we went to a Mexican restaurant and we had brunch. And I, like, had some eggs and whatnot. And I was... Like, okay, well, I ate something, so I should be good. Uh, We went to Barnes & Noble, and I got lightheaded, I got dizzy, I was like feeling like shit. I was like, oh my God, I need to sit down. Um, I feel like I'm gonna barf. And uh, that's when I know that my blood sugar is too low. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was just like, uh, I ate, what the hell, you know? So I had to go over to the Starbucks and the Barnes & Noble. I got some water, I got an egg bite, they got something that with a little bit of sugar in it. Um, and you know, I, we went to the piercing place and I still felt like shit and I was like, oh God, I mean, I'm, don't know if I'm gonna be able to do it guys they don't know what's wrong with me and I have to play it off. like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm just not feeling well because you know, I don't talk about my weight loss surgery out in public to people in my real life. Like my best friend doesn't even know. Um, just because it's not something that I wanted to deal with. And I didn't want to deal with people's opinions because quite frankly, I don't give a fuck what people think. However, obviously I do enough that I don't want to tell people. (laughs) So yes, yes and no. But you know, I'm sitting there in the car. I was like, you guys go up. Let me just, you know, wait it out for a little bit. I gave it 30 minutes. I felt better. Um, then I went up and got my piercings and all was good. All was gravy. The whole rest of the night. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it can be hard to deal with that because you just don't feel good all of a sudden. And like you feel like you're going to pass out. And,
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. So, I mean, I deal with that, but I didn't realize that it was a, a thing.
0: It I just, is a thing. Yeah.
4: You know, When I think of complications, I think of Steph. Are you, Lauren? (laughs) And like all of the ones that I If you
0: look it up in a dictionary, it's just Stephanie. Right. (laughs) So those are
4: the people that I think of when I think of complications. I don't think of me. I mean, the stuff I like to post about is really being an advocate for mental health and post-weight loss surgery. Well, Um,
2: I think we also have a habit of comparing our journey to others i even told stuff before this so i'm like dude my complications mm-hmm. are nothing compared to yours and you're like mm-hmm. oh, you're i'm a- like shut matters. up
0: your know. story matters it doesn't matter but if like, it's not the same i, I, I
2: found myself still comparing myself to others and you know i have mm-hmm. almost figured it out and like you know and i've had complications and that's valid but like mm-hmm. what Steph is still dealing with and like, continuing to deal with it's gonna have to deal with the rest of her life i feel like doesn't compare to what i went through mine was only a few months right
3: But
0: it doesn't matter. It's still important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even
3: the common ones.
2: I think we compare ourselves to others. Like, I've had people, like, message me, oh, yeah, this happens to me, but that doesn't compare to what you went through. Like, like, I've had even, like, um, people, women that are pregnant right now who are having a hard time, and, like, reach out to me, mm-hmm. like, oh, it doesn't compare to what you went through, and I'm, like, I still get that comparison, where, like, oh, what I'm going through is not compared to what you went through, and, like, I do it, too, because <laughs> I did it right before this. <clears throat> I think yeah. it's important to remember that our journeys are all different, our bodies are extremely different from each other, um, even though we, we, we've gone through different things, even if somebody you know, Cass, like, you didn't have complications for weight loss surgery, but you've had stuff that's happened to you, like, that's still valid, so I think we need to (laughs) remember what we go through is still valid, and but we compare ourselves all the time, you know, in the community, like, I compare
3: my pregnancy
2: body to somebody else's, or vice versa, and it's like, it's like, I've had, a I was like, oh, wow, you look great, you know, I'm still not working out, I'm still not doing this, and it's like, you know, but it's different for everybody, you know, but, like, comparisons, like, we gotta stop doing it, I still do it. Yeah. And I know I shouldn't be doing it because my story is unique. My body is different from somebody else's, but like mm-hmm. there's still that comparison. And I see people really struggle in the community on Instagram and they're like, I've seen people leave the community because they feel yeah. like, Oh, I'm not doing as well as this person. Oh, I don't look as good as this person. So I'm going to leave. Yeah. Like nobody cares about, I'm not getting likes. I'm not getting comments, you know, like nobody cares <laughs> about my story. Like, I've seen so many people that have this, yeah, so many people have up and left, and it's, like, it's really heartbreaking that we're still doing that comparison.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I struggle with that. I mean, even, like, and it's part of, you know, my mental health, like, it's, um, you know, there's a term for it I can't think of at the moment, but where you just think, like, oh, everybody hates me, oh, they're not they're quiet why aren't they talking to me blah 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 it's a thing uh somebody posted about
1: it I oh find i know it. who
0: posted oh, that oh what was it called it's rs something yes
4: yes it's like reactive something reactive
0: some yes me, yes um i'm gonna try and google it barb also posted <laughs> that
4: like, yeah, so, like, I deal with that, like, really hard. So Instagram can be very hard for me, um, where I feel like a lot of it is, like, a huge popularity contest. And, like, do I post valid stuff? Like, blah, blah, blah. And lately, I've just been, like, fuck it, I don't God, fucking way. care. <laughs> like, and trying to just have the I don't care attitude and, like, just be happy and be present and be totally happy with who i am like and what i bring like the people that are real and want to be around you will gravitate towards you because of the energy Mm -hmm. that you possess i really Mm -hmm. believe that um i am not everybody's cup of tea um and that's okay i don't want everybody drinking out of my cup
0: so that's why i'm like okay Uh, i'm gonna be negative now i'm gonna post i'm gonna post this fucking i'm gonna be fucking ice queen elsa and be like Okay, I've always never like said this, but uh, fuck the haters. What they fucking say don't matter. <laughs> Keep fucking whatever. And so I've been, I've, tri- I've been, you know, more spicy than usual. Um, and I'm like, I don't fucking care if 800 people unfollow me because of this damn post. Because it's not about them. It's about me yeah. sharing my damn story. And if it helps one damn person, that's all that matters. Yeah.
2: Rejection sensitive disorder. Yes.
0: Oh, I've
2: never heard of that. Interesting.
4: Yes
0: yeah it's, it's when like you... an,
4: it's a like a, a part of ADHD um it's a response to rejection like so like disapproval like oh they're not gonna like me um you know that kind of thing so look it up it's actually really fascinating I was like ooh, I went mm-hmm. down a rabbit hole when <laughs> my friend posted about it mm-hmm. I was like why does that seem so relatable?
3: Mm-hmm. And part
4: of it is, is because I am in the process since I've switched clinicians. Um, I disclosed to her that I feel like I'm, i have ADHD. Um, my 12 mm-hmm. year old daughter has ADHD. And often like if you've noticed in our podcast, sometimes I like start on one thing and then I'm like ending up away over here. Um, and I'll start talking about something totally unrelated and like in a whole <laughs> nother stratosphere uh and I call them my shiny moments. I'll be like, oh shiny. Yeah. Um so I when I started with my new therapist, I told her, I think I have ADHD. I told her at the beginning of our session and by the end of the session, she's like, I think you do too. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, okay, <laughs> cool. She's like, We're gonna get you tested. I'm like, fantastic. So I'm hoping um, I get some closure with that, uh, so I can realize that oh, I have not been crazy my whole life. Um, I've had all of these different mental health stuff, that
3: and my usually- mom never
4: got me tested for,
3: mm-hmm.
4: and all of that. And Both usually- my brothers had ADD. And my she got them tested, but notoriously, it always presents and always than girls and girls are masters of masking so right um, and they, they however always say i when you... tell something was up with my daughter and uh, she's been diagnosed since she was nine
3: hmm. so.
0: and usually they say once you get on the adhd medication the right one for you it's like your anxiety like goes away it's like what <laughs>
4: I have no idea what that would feel like. <laughs>
0: like. I don't know. That's what I've heard. And I was like, oh, can yeah. I experience that? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm also it's on the uh, path of trying yeah, to so, get maybe, that.
2: So obviously I don't test for ADHD. I'm not a psychologist, but I do know that it often is misdiagnosed as anxiety Yep. And I've had clients who have, like, the psychologist I work for now, like, she can test for ADHD. Like, I had a client, and I'm like, look, she she seems to, like, have a lot of the same symptoms. She's been on medications forever, and nothing's helping. So I'm like,
3: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, but, like, yeah. it is often misdiagnosed, especially in, in girls. So, like, I'm glad you, you know, your therapist would say, look, we need to get you tested, you know? But, mm-hmm. like, it often is very misdiagnosed, you know? Mm-hmm. And so... I do hope, you know, when you get tested, like you get that closure and like, okay, yeah. okay, this is what I've been with for so long. Yeah.
4: Either way. I mean, honestly, either way, it's just going to be better for me. Like, cause I'll yeah. have a better understanding of myself. Yeah. yeah. One, yeah. like when I started, um, July, 2021 with my, my therapist who I still love and I still talk to and she's a BHC. Um, so she's, I mean, they're all master level, but the clinicians are able to do in depth, like the EMDR and whatnot. So, and she doesn't do that. But she and I did such a lot of great work. And she was the one that told me, well, we're going to treat you for the anxiety right now. If things don't get better, you know, when you changed your clinician, make sure that you mention it so they can test you for the ADHD just to rule it out or to diagnose it, either or. Yeah. So, um, my daughter, She has been medicated since she was nine. A lot of people don't believe in medicating the children and blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't fucking care what people think. Um, It's what works for my child. And I am the mother, and I work with her neuropsych uh, specialist. So I am very involved. And um, it gets me up a little bit um, elevated when people seem to want to pass judgment on medicating children with ADHD when you don't know the situation, when they don't know and they don't understand how it affects you as a parent, how it affects your child and how, um, you know, it's so multifaceted. It's not just one one thing. Um, but Makaya takes a combination of medication. Uh, so she was taking a fairly high dose of Concerta and um, I had to take her off of it for the summertime, for the whole summer. And my child is very, very ADHD. Like, so taking her off the medication, she's like, mom, 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 Uh, dragon's this, dragon's eye, dragon's this, dragon's eye. And she gets hyper fixated on the subject and she just wants to tell you everything she knows about it 25,000 times. Um, So it can get very frustrating. And I have a short fuse as it is. So I pop off at her. And um, so I took her off took her off for the the summer and her specialist and I were like okay let's try non-stimulant because her her eating was being impaired and she couldn't like she wasn't eating at school she was dropping a bunch of weight she was doing sports I'm like no no this isn't good she had a episode where she passed out and I had to take her to the ER and then she mm-hmm. had to see a cardiac um, pediatric cardiologist and all of that and I was just like, all right, we're taking her off for the summer, in the fall, let's start her on a non-stimulant and see if it worked.
0: she on Stratera? Well,
4: yeah, she's yeah. doing Stratera. Yeah. It does not work for her 100%. Um, so we give her a 27 milligram of Concerta with the Stratera, and it gets her to a happy, like, okay place, where she's still able mm-hmm. to eat. She was dropping weight again, but now we add in like nutritional meal shakes for her. And she has been able to she would drop down to eighty eight pounds and she's back up to ninety-three. She's twelve and she's nearly as tall as me and I'm five three. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, she's, it I mean it, it gets her through. Her mm-hmm. grades aren't mm-hmm. suffering. She's an A and B student. Um she can eat and keep food down, and that's that was the biggest thing. I wanted it to be effective for her enough to where she could be, maintain focus and not be not eating. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, mm-hmm. we also keep her off on the weekends, so that way she's able to eat more. I don't know why I'm talking about this. Whatever.
0: Hey, berry <laughs> berry parenting is a thing. Uh,
4: <laughs> it's.
2: Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it is no it's helpful we're talking about mental health like that was one of the things you're going to talk about so it's definitely relevant and you know i'm sorry you've been having to deal with that but yeah like you're the mom so like at the end of the day it's your decision what you want to do but yeah there is judgment in general with medication even anxiety depression medication like i was on everything as a teenager and like i said i've also my friends to my friends just didn't know what what was going on they had no idea what I was going through and they just thought I was sad and depressed and miserable and they didn't want to be around me so like back then like there was a stigma there's still a stigma about medication and Mm -hmm. at the end of the day like if you have anxiety depression ADHD like therapy and medication it's proven they're doing both is very effective obviously it's up to you and your child mm-hmm. if you want to be medicated but that's your call so anybody passing judgment like fuck them like you're not they're not you know this is not their child and at the end of the yeah. day you can do what's best for you and your family
4: yeah and I mean if it if it comes back that I have it then I'm going to probably add another medication to my regimen I mean okay. I take 150 of Zoloft um right now so, um luckily it uh, I went through Lexapro and through all the stages of up to the 25 milligrams of Lexapro, and it didn't work for me. And I have a tendency; it will like medication will work for like a few weeks once I like gets into my system, and then all of a sudden it just kind of like peters out. Mm-hmm. So I still feel pretty good on the 150 of Zoloft, so I think I'm gonna stay this i'm gonna to talk to my pcp in a couple of weeks um mid-march because she won me the last time i bumped it up um i was on 100 and she was like well usually we increase by 25 but since it's been having little effect we'll bump you 50 and then you'll stay on it for 12 weeks and then we'll talk so mid-march we'll have a chat and we'll see how how it goes, and either I'll be staying at 150 or increasing. It. See okay. how I feel in a couple of weeks.
0: And then you I have was, the well, aspect of mental health after weight loss surgery and medications after weight loss surgery and absorption rates, and you can't take it with your vitamins. And oh fuck.
1: Yeah, it's
4: obnoxious <laughs> trying to figure out
2: when to take everything.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it is really annoying. But I mean, it's, like oh, it's like, like, oh, yeah, take with food. I'm like, uh, uh, I can't. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah, especially when it fills up your pouch and you're like, I'm full off of my vitamins.
2: <laughs> I'm still like the most annoying part is I can't eat and drink at the same time. So me and Joanne go out to a restaurant. I either I can do both, but we will be at the restaurant for a long time. So last time, yeah. we out, I was like, OK, Let's order drinks. And I told, the, I told the server, I'm like, look, we're just going to have drinks for now. We don't want any food. And once I finish my drink, then I ordered the food.
0: Mm-hmm. But, like, that's
2: still the most annoying thing. And uh-huh. Julian hates it. He's like, I hate your damn surgery. He says this to me all the time. <laughs> but, like, that is the most annoying thing that I cannot. So when I drink, which, you know, I'm might... me and Steph are just talking about this. I'm like, I'm a Patron girl. So I'll have a shot or two of Patron. And then I take it, and then I'm like, it burns my stomach, and I'm I'm drunk, and I'm like, man, I need to eat something. Oh wait, I gotta wait Uh, 15 minutes. I can't. Uh, You wait after you drink. I have to. Yeah, I I can't, or I'll get sick. Like I still almost three months post-op. Like I still I still have to wait. Like I think maybe I'm too scared to Mm -hmm. try to eat right after because of my complications. Maybe I should just try and try to get rid of the fear, but I will wait. Ten or fifteen
3: minutes. I have
0: to. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, like, I'll makes
2: me glad I don't drink.
0: I'll drink <laughs> and then I'll eat right after, but I will always do the thirty minutes after I eat before I drink again. But nothing.
4: I, it comes and goes how it, how I feel. Uh, like when we went out the other day. For the piercing day with my friends, we went to the Mexican restaurant. I like had my little skillet. I ate some, but I got a hibiscus lemonade, and let me tell you that thing was the best motherfucking thing (laughs) I ever tasted. It was not overly sweet. It was not overly flowery. It was like perfect. It was like a just a great taste. Now I'm like on Amazon trying to find hibiscus (laughs) sugar free tea, and like. Um, sugar-free lemonade and I'm gonna make my own so I'm you could probably
0: that. do like crystal light lemonade and then find a skinny syrup hibiscus to put in. oh no no I don't
4: do that crystallite
0: okay not yeah. the lemonade anyway <laughs> okay I'm <yeah>.
4: very particular <laughs> like I only like the zero sugar country time because it actually okay. tastes like country time lemonade <laughs> and that's my all-time favorite okay. so okay a, scratch
0: that snob. <laughs> take your country <laughs> time sugar-free packet and then yes. get the skinny syrup hibiscus yep. to add to it
4: yep. yes i plan on trying that, that jordan's one but there's all other sugar-free ones too. so but it was so good and so i ended up kind of like just sipping and eating really slow um You know, not taking very big bites, but I really liked this drink. So I was like, (laughs) (laughs) but it worked and it was fine and I didn't feel sick, Um, but I don't make it a habit to, to drink and eat at the same time. I really do try to, to let the food digest before, you know, Mm -hmm. pushing the liquid.
0: And now having r and Y, I I feel like I'm extra careful like even with sleeve like I was careful but I'm extra careful because things go through my pouch faster than when I had a sleeve and then uh-huh. you have the oh shit you gotta get to the bathroom moment and I don't want that uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. what face is that <laughs>
4: <laughs> i don't know i'm not, I'm not sure making stupid faces i don't know i'm just enjoying my new picture yes it's super cool all night <laughs> yeah i got that and I got, like the Doth and outer conch, and then I got the tragus.
0: Nice. I'm a tragus. So
4: I did okay. all four in one. Go. So I know because
0: you're trying to get the Virgo, the Virgo sign.
4: Yes, I want to do that on this mm-hmm. year, so it'll have like the two piercings here, and then the doth, and then more up here, and then tragus again. So it's gonna look super cool. and super
0: excited. That's awesome. And then I'm gonna get
4: the the vertical. Um,
0: like Bex says, yeah, the
4: vertical uh, library.
0: Awesome. Well, well, if you want to end here, I want to thank you again, Lauren, for hopping on. Thank you, Cass, for also being here and sharing. And Nicole was here yes. earlier. Bex, we missed you. Um, yes, we did. Yes, we did. Um, but exciting things, you know, to come. Lauren is starting a new job. <laughs> yeah. And you know Cass is healing really well from her surgery and looking forward to her next. We have Bex and Bex is having her surgery in April 14th. And Hello. then we have um March 17th, Nicole. Yep, March 17th. Nicole's having her plastics. So um, not me. No thanks. <laughs> not for a long time. Okay, I am having a plastics consult. The same day Bex goes into surgery though because I'm going to be there and I have time <laughs> sure. just to see what they yeah. say but not going to happen anytime soon. Nope. Too much healing to do. No,
2: yeah. not, not yet. Gonna... Not yet, girl. Nope, no. not yet. I, was like, I need to heal my no brain.
0: I need to work out because I haven't been doing that. I need to gain this muscle back. There's too much to do before that happens.
4: Yeah. yeah. Yep, I will have another checkup with my surgeon on March 16th And then he and I will sit down and map out the next round. Um, I will probably go ahead and put my deposit down that day and schedule a surgery out as far as I can. Um, The great thing about that is if it gets closer to the day and I'm not quite ready, then I can still push it out just because I'll have them paying on it. That's, you know, I don't do anything um, that I can't afford. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Like my plastics round that I went through, I paid cash out of pocket, no insurance. Um, When I want something done, I'm a very big firm believer that I will make it happen one way or another. (laughs) And I'm not gonna put myself in debt to do so. So that's why I won't take Mm -hmm. out loans um, or anything for any kind of surgeries that I'm having. Um, My first round, I actually had started saving money when I made my appointment with Blossom and I knew that I was going to have weight loss surgery because I knew that I was going to need skin removal. Um, so once I um, talk to Dr. Lee on the 16th of March, I will, we will make the plan and I will just go ahead
2: and start paying towards that. Um,
0: Are you hoping to do love it that. In the fall? I love that.
2: When I get plastics, I want to follow your same saving route I don't want to put myself in debt and I'm not going to have it for years like a few years I'm so already in
0: debt I need yeah. to get out of it first
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: I unfortunately yeah. had to take the loans and shit and luckily with it you know yep. I I wouldn't have had the surgery if it wasn't for the help of yeah. other people so yeah. that's the difference you had to do
3: you know yeah
4: there we are yeah. all different and we all have different circumstances I'm not rich by any means I I work I'm a supervisor in a mental health clinic um, in a company that I've worked for for 13 years. Like, I'm not anybody special. I don't do anything crazy. Like, I don't make a shit ass ton of money. I just make good choices. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was, do I want plastic surgery or do I want a new car? I'm like, well,
0: well at this um, point, the car's I'm not going to last forever, but this body I'm
4: is. Rid of my fat arms. <laughs> Look at those skinny
0: arms. Me and she got yeah. this amazing lifting bench
4: that she's going to be able to use oh, yeah. oh yes I'm super excited yes. well it was from my old boss Aww. she would just call me one day she's like hey my son left this stuff it's like brand new do you want it and I'm like yes, yes. yes I do. <laughs> she's the one that gave me the treadmill too Aww. so but uh yeah I, I just make good choices with money I, I I guess it partly is because when I was growing up, um, I never knew about finances. Like, we had what we needed, but like, we never had extras. Like, it was tight. Um, you know, I didn't get to do a lot of extra things and go to the movies a lot with my friends. I didn't do any of that, you know. So as I grew up, I came very, like, penny pincher with my money um and I worked at my company for 13 years but I also lived paycheck to paycheck very much so and I do not have to do that which is nice like I have figured out how to make it work and I always have a security net always because you never know when anything is gonna happen she also has
0: her it. Uh, is it cvg um leggings slash workout outfit fund <laughs>
4: oh yeah i have a bad habit of that and i spent way too much money on bill bars oh and she bought bill (laughs) bars hey
0: but that's nourishing your body with protein
4: i got every one of the new flavors (laughs) so i was like the caramel (laughs) apple one sounded really good cookie the animal cookie one sounded really delicious I love it. Uh,
2: cookies. I'm tempted. The animal cookie one I saw.
4: You know? Oh. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Not too excited about the mint grasshopper one. Ooh. Like, those aren't – thin mints isn't my favorite, so I'm
0: – So I've had the, the mint that. chocolate chip puff before, and it actually is good. So if it mm. tastes like that, then I think you'll <laughs> like it.
4: I'm excited about the brownie
2: butter puffs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I haven't bought built bars in so freaking long. Like it's been a long time since I bought some. Um, I, was, I used to do the little bites, like Oh you know, yeah, I when, like those. Yeah, yeah, I, I really like the bites. Um Julian loved the cookies and cream flavor, like the original ones and then they redid the recipe and now he's like he still talks about how disappointed he is. He's like, I don't like the new version of it. I, don't like Who?
4: It. I got some of those ones. They were good.
2: But um, yeah, I haven't. I'm a, I am love Power Crunch. Like I'm a huge fan of Power Crunch protein bars. My favorite is the S'mores flavor. Like I just <laughs> got a huge box from Amazon. Um, I just, I love those protein bars. Like I, those is okay. Like some flavors are better than others. What's up?
0: This is a Buttered finger dive bar.
2: Why didn't you send me one bars? of those? I just got no, them. Are my favorite.
4: I just
0: got them when I went to dive bar in Florida. I will send you one. This is your package, <laughs> bitch. This is your package, okay? How'd you know?
4: <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> just sent me books.
0: Aww. Did, are did. they the ones with her old cover or her new cover? I know she just yes. redesigned no, it. No, no, no.
4: It's not her books. Oh. She sent me her favorite. Her favorite. Series to read.
0: oh that's awesome.
4: Yeah, and then she also got
0: me these fuzzy socks. So I'm, sh- I'm reading. Nice. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Anyways, I'm sure, Lauren, you want to go get back to Bebe. And, and, yeah, Cass, and Cass is letting her arms rest.
3: <laughs> yeah, I am. Hopefully, I took this stuff
2: off. hopefully, he's asleep. Me and Dylan can have some time together. I've been like super busy all day long. So I've like have it's very
3: important.
2: Problems. I've had like no time to spend with either of them. And I, and then it's the mom guilt. Like I feel bad he's taking care of him all day. But then he's yes. working the next two nights and I'm going to be the one taking care of him.
0: But it's your yeah. birthday on Friday.
2: My birthday on Friday, right? We gotta stay
0: And then I get Mom to hug you excited. on Saturday and Sunday. Yes. <laughs> oh,
2: it's such a busy weekend for me. I'm like, it's gonna be fun, but it's been a lot to do. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, thank you both for mm. having me. This was awesome. I told Steph yes. I've never done a podcast before. I've shared my story a lot on my Instagram. So it was awesome to like really talk in depth about it um and it was
4: healing for me so thank you and we love having guests so if you ever want to come back on just let us know because i mean there's whenever we have guests we just like scratch the surface oh yeah you know there's always so much more that we can talk about and like you know bring to light
2: absolutely Definitely. yeah so this is awesome thank you both and steph well i'll talk to you soon and i'll see you in a few days Yay. i can't wait you guys have fun yes we'll yes. we'll send you I pictures in, so i might as well live in siberia
0: We'll <laughs> so send you pictures <laughs> or or if you have any recommendations on what i need to do or eat yep let me know
2: oh girl i got you there <laughs> <laughs> eat if you're did. not gonna puke oh. exactly i yeah, want to
0: fly be- across fremont street
2: yeah, I want to do Oh my god, I want to do that. Oh my god, that's where the five k is on on Fremont Can Street Can I fly so. over Fremont's you when you're running? I
0: you.
2: <laughs> Can I fly over and film
0: you as you're running?
2: I don't know if that they're going to have like, a zip I don't know if they're going to have this because I think they're shutting down like yeah. Fremont Street. So I don't even think the zipline's going to be running during the race, but afterwards, yeah, yep, we'll see. Sounds I safe. love it there so much. Oh, well, you have to come and visit soon.
4: Yes. We were talking about I need to ta- go back to Blossom so I can take my after pictures. Oh, yeah. So,
0: we were talking about Taco. We could go to Vegas, yeah. though. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Sky's the limit. Yes.
2: yes.
0: Well, love All you right. guys. Have a good night. Love
3: you. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Good night. Bye.
0: Thank you for joining R2DP Road to Discovery podcast, Ending the Stigma of Weight Loss Surgery. Please join us next time for our next podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, hit that follow button and that bell to receive notifications when we upload our next and leave us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you also if you're interested in supporting us you can become a patreon and we do have that link in our bios on our instagram and we will also share that with you it's just patreon.com r2dp there's some special perks in there that you might see um, there's different tier levels and each tier has its certain perks you will get a exclusive sticker if you sign up for the first tier you will also get to hear the podcast two days before everyone else and the perks go on from there so again thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next time Bye, R2D Peers.